0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. On the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Bottom of the hour, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Westwood One, CBS Sports. Even betting podcast, Ross Tucker podcast. Tee up Jets and Jags tonight. Super intriguing Thursday nighter. Keep those texts rolling in as well. 960, 960, name and location. It's colder in Calgary right now than blank. And your most underrated Christmas movie. Flames and Kings tonight from Los Angeles. 8.30 start as Calgary. Continuing their California road trip to talk about that. Our man Frank Saravalli from NHL daily face-off at our at 960 NHL Insider, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you?
2: George, I'm good. How are you? Are you a little under the weather?
1: Uh, it's Frank, it went from my throat to my nose now, and I'm super frustrated. Um,
2: huh. It's all right. You can yeah. come to my house. Everyone's had COVID for the last week, so... Oh, Uh, it's that time of year tis the season boys yeah tis the season
1: uh super fun Uh, i feel okay it's just uh sound super congested Uh, i'm gonna ask you frank right off the hop very important question your most underrated christmas movie
2: um see it's not underrated and there is only one christmas movie and it's christmas vacation okay you're not a
1: home alone guy
2: yeah, I mean I I enjoy it with the kids. I enjoyed it as a kid, but Christmas vacation is the only acceptable answer here. Have you ever sprayed PAM on the
1: bottom Oof. of a toboggan or a sled based on watching Christmas vacation?
2: Or pam enough or pam pam um have I ever? No, I haven't. Uh <laughs> it would require a significant amount of force to get me down a mountain.
1: <laughs> it's it's uh it's super fun, um super fun. Flames first two wins, uh in San Jose. Just that the back sharks. to. Yeah, eat, eat that San Jose. How's that taste? <laughs> um tonight in Los Angeles against the Kings. Um interesting lineup decisions, for the Calgary Flames. Um Kings and Kraken right now in those playoff spots, two three seeds, in the Pacific Division. How much longer do you think that's gonna last, Frank? Do you
2: really believe in the Kings or Kraken here long term? I actually do believe in the Kraken just from a pure math perspective in that they've accumulated so many points already with their 629 points percentage. They've got knocking on the door of 40 points. To get in the playoffs, you're looking at something like 95, 96 is almost a guarantee. So that means they need 57 more points-ish in their last... 51 games of the season. Eminently doable. I don't see anything to suggest yet that what the Kraken have done to this point isn't for real. It's surprising how significant the turnaround has been. I'm not as sold on the Kings, even though that's the team I picked in my bold predictions to win the division, hence the emphasis on bold. But Mm. the Kings have just given up so much. They've given up 20 more goals than the Flames. The only team in a playoff position, I believe, in the entire league that has a minus goal differential. And that's, I think, going to be problematic for them, which puts the emphasis on this game. You know, you can go down to California and in this swing. You can slap the Sharks twice. You can beat up on the Anaheim Ducks if you want. You can pile up all the points if you're the Calgary Flames. But this is the one game that matters. Mm. It's a test in the sense that this team's above you in the standings it's gettable and if you are able to sweep this four game california swing you can essentially put yourself right behind the kraken in third place in the division based on points percentage pending what some of your other competition does and finally you know after this five game losing streak put your team back in a decent spot so i know it's a back-to-back scenario little travel involved between la and anaheim got to get it done if
3: you're the Calgary Flames. Speaking of the Flames, uh, Milan Lucic skated on that line with Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri again at yesterday's practice. Doesn't look like there's going to be any changes as we get ready for this game against the Kings. And amongst the fan base, we've seen all sort of theories as to why Milan Lucic is playing up on that second line as far as... What's your favorite one? Well, there's... (laughs) My favorite one is he's just a guy that's fitting there right now, and they're riding the hot hand for a temporary little bit of time. But we're getting sending message to the general manager, sending messages to other players further down the lineup. Uh, I saw sticking him with Huberto because Huberto's family was in attendance, which was probably my favorite tinfoil hat one. Um, Yeah, there was a few out there. But I was wondering what your take on it might have been
2: my take on it is he probably does a lot of the work that I mean Kadri does a fair bit of it himself but maybe he's the guy that can do the work even though he's not fast to you know in the corners and on the forecheck to get these guys the puck and to wreak a little bit of havoc and the sort of classic line combination if you're a coach on paper um you know theory but I guess the execution has been fine um I'd be curious to see how long it sticks there. And maybe that's really one of the interesting things about the Flames' first third of the season is that there's been so much shuffling, part of it due to injury and some other issues that have popped up. But how long of a run did we see Ruzichka on the top line? And mm-hmm. where is he now? Like it's like it's It's just been a revolving door of different players trying to find something that sticks, throw it all against the wall, and figure out what happens next.
3: It's been interesting to see the discourse around Matthew Phillips as well, but I'm intrigued as to how much that is something that's getting (laughs) talked about in other NHL circles away from the Calgary Flames. Phillips was tied for the AHL lead in points when he got called up. He's only played in two games and sat in the press box for quite a bit since. And I know there's some fans here that would like to see a little bit more of him, but the opportunity hasn't arisen in my eyes. but is this something that other teams around the league are taking notice of the situation with Phillips? Who's a UFA at the end of the year?
2: I don't think so. like it hasn't his yeah. name hasn't come up in any conversations that I've had. It's probably one of those guys that teams are tracking in 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 a um I guess in a waiver wire sense. like you know, everyone has a list that they keep at varying points of the year. Um, and when you take a look at, you know, the spot that he's in, you know, requiring those waivers, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, when you look at the, the, what do you want to call that? The conspiracy theory that we were just mentioning all the different theories about why Milan Lucic is there in that spot. And is Daryl Sutter trying to send a message? My sense is when the Flames did bring up Matthew Phillips, like it was not only to get him action and and to put him in a spot to succeed. It, w- it was also when he's in there, he can't be playing fourth line minutes, you know. And the couple games that he's played, averaging under ten. Yeah. The sense was, first off, we're bringing him here to play, and second, if he's going to play, he's got to be in a spot that is worthy of his skill set, which is as a scorer given that you're putting milan lucic in that spot is that does that bring that you know question up in the sense that okay like is, is that the spot that Phillips should at least be tested out in and yeah. is that where the message emanates from yeah
1: Frank Servali joining us here, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler, Big Show Russick and Rose, Sportsnet, nine sixty The Fan. Do you do you expect this Huberto Cadre tandem to kind of be something long term here? Because it felt like they were really trying to make Lindholm and Huberto work, but right now, maybe the the best road to success here is having Cadre and Huberto play
2: together. I could see it. I mean, I think that was one of the huge question marks heading into the season, right? Which kind of guy is Huberto? Is he a Kadri guy or is he a Lindholm guy? I don't uh, I don't know the answer. I don't think the Flames know the answer. But given that you've given it an extended runway with Lindholm, maybe Kadri makes sense for now. And I don't know. Again, coming off of a three-point night, why, why change it up right now?
3: Wanted to ask about this blue line as well and mostly about the trade market out there. Do you think we'll see any moves once this freeze is over, kind of coming out uh, near New Year's Eve as maybe some teams try to acquire some defense? Because I look at the Flames and just with the injuries that they've had, I wonder if they maybe try and make a move to get ahead of some things uh, on their blue line with the the deadline coming in early March.
2: God, I hope so. I mean, (laughs) I, I know it's all about me, but like, as I say, I, we celebrate Festivus tomorrow, and mm. I, I air some grievances. Sure. I if you guys have an aluminum pole in studio. Oh, yeah. No, it's grease.
1: Do you really do that? No, Frank, just side note. Do you really do that? Of course. I, I mean, who doesn't
2: celebrate Festivus? It's a celebration oh, for the rest of us. Okay. I'm going to talk about that on the show tomorrow.
1: No, you legitimately have the pole. The you do the feats of strength. You do all of that? Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Um, okay. <laughs> it's 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 one of the best days of the year, um, and I'm not kidding. But, again, since it's all about me and that we're airing some grievances, that's one of my big complaints is we got to get the salary cap moving in the right direction. And I know that's music to the ears of every hockey fan and every general manager in the league, but just from a pure entertainment perspective, there's nothing to talk about because there's nothing happening. I can't ever remember – going through a month of December covering this league and it being so quiet from a transaction standpoint, there's really nothing going on. And it's interesting that you mentioned the blue line for the Calgary flames. Like, I really think part of the key for Calgary as they get on the other side of the freeze is really get a definitive answer on what's going on with Oliver Shillington. Like, I don't think that's been talked mm. about enough in the sense that yeah, no one's going to be, pounding the pavement on his situation because everyone respects his privacy. But I think they were probably heading into the season thinking that this was going to be a two or three week thing that would sort itself out that would then bring him back to the lineup. And I think this has lingered on way longer than the flames have expected. And to get some kind of clarity on, on, is he going to be back? Is he not, are we going to be in a spot since he's counted on the cap where we could use his money potentially? Um, and if not, and if he is coming back, then that kind of solves a lot of your issues and problems and brings you back to being a, I think a pretty solid and deep blue line. And you can turn your attention back towards that scoring winger that the focus has been on since August. But I think you're right to ask the question, but I think the solution potentially is in house. Hmm.
1: Frank, one of the most frustrating things this season has been, uh, the net coming off its moorings. Uh, is that been a talking point now with uh, with the league, like what what's the solution here? You don't want the nets to be cemented in, like in the old nineteen eighties, where guys used to blow That'd their knees awesome, flying man. into the net. But at the same time, it feels like goalies, and God bless them, always looking for an advantage, are slamming into the post, And if they knock it off, they knock it off. Is is the NHL trying to find kind of a happy medium in all of this?
2: I think the short answer is no, they're not. Um, and I have asked the should question. they be. I don't. I don't think it's a topic or cause for concern and i think part of the issue and reason why is that this can also be easily fixed by standardizing the way in which the nets are installed in each building mike mckenna has written extensively about this on our website and has also broken down in zapruder like quality (laughs) why he doesn't think goalies are at fault and i know you're going to shake your head and say this guy's a card carrying member of the goalie union (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be right about that, except his point is that from building to building, some guys, some, some are using a, a wet vac to clear out the water that's, you know, supposed to not be in there. Some are using a squeegee, some aren't doing anything at all and just kind of uh, jamming the peg in there and hoping that everything works out properly. <laughs> it's, it's so different building to building that you end up with inconsistency. And I think this league has done a great, great job in terms of improving ice conditions in every building around the league. And this is one sort of other thing to add to the list. I don't think the system's broken. I think it just needs to be fixed and and made more consistent.
3: Frank, what is your take on the Colorado avalanche this year as they kind of sit on just the, the bottom half of the playoff picture in the Western conference?
2: By the way, I, I I just realized, too, if you guys are having a little end-of-year fun, you could definitely clip my last answer and the way I described <laughs> all that into a file of things that sound dirty but aren't. Um, but, sorry, I'm going to need you to re-ask that question. Uh, thoughts on the abs? The abs just praying for health. That's yeah. their stocking stuffer as we get to the holidays, right? Sure. They've been hamstrung in that they can't go out and replace the players. And it's not just the quantity of guys that have been out of their lineup. It's really their, the, the quality as well. And I know they're able to eke out a an overtime win last night against the Montreal Canadians and other uh, Arturi Lekkanen NHL revenge game. It's one of the best uh, Twitter feeds going right now is NHL revenge. They're kind of hanging tough. They're in that wild card spot and just sort of hanging on for dear life. Um, They're going to get those guys back in in the early few months of 2023 and look out because when they did have everyone healthy, they proved to be every bit as dangerous as they were last year when they won the Stanley cup and sort of a team that everyone's not really focusing on that I think is also going to be a huge deadline player again.
3: I'm interested just kind of as an overall thought last year, this time of year, the Eastern Conference was set. We already knew which eight teams are going to the playoffs. Isn't it refreshing to have actual playoff races that were enthralled in around the holiday season this year compared, compared to kind of what it was last season?
2: It is, but I started to get flashbacks just even looking at the standings this morning because you've sort of got the Islanders and the Caps, and I know Detroit hasn't played as many games as those other two teams, but you start to see a little bit of separation there between the Rangers at 41 points and the Red Wings and Sabres at 35 and 34. And I'm going, please don't, don't do this again. (laughs) Like we, we knew last year by mid January, it was abundantly clear. And we saw a 30 point gap between those teams that made it so incredibly boring. I'd love to have some real races go down the stretch. And I know that's going to happen, particularly in the Pacific and in the wild card in the West. I'm just not ready to definitively say that it's going to happen in the East because it seems like there's some separation building already.
1: Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider for South Trail Chrysler. Uh, Frank, how much of a believer are you in the New Jersey Devils? Have that incredible run, hmm. then they lose like all these games in a row, pick up a big win last night in Florida. What's your read on the Devils right now?
2: My read is they're a team that got hot and won 13 games, uh, lucky or unlucky number 13, and they've come back to earth. Their goaltending has really struggled the last couple weeks and probably not a surprise because I think they exceeded expectations and played over their head for a bit. They've got an impressive collection of young stars that have made the jump. And I think there's no question that the devils are a playoff team. But I don't think they're winning that division. I think Carolina, um, they're the model of consistency in today's NHL. There are no dips to their game. They don't have the losing skids that we've seen a lot of other teams have. They never have to dig themselves out of a rut. And what's amazing about Carolina and has been sort of unheralded so far this season as they have the second best points percentage in the entire league at 719 is that They've spent a huge bulk of their first third of the season on the road. 50 Mm. out of their 64 days so far in the season have involved travel. 28 of them have been spent outside the Eastern time zone. And so when you look at a team that's won six in a row and is 9-0-1 in their last 10, has only given up 82 goals on the season, they're gonna be in a great spot moving forward in the second half to really run away with that division. I
3: wanted to ask you about Jake Allen. He's been going out and putting up some ridiculous performances against very good teams and not always getting the win, but I feel like he's really been a bright spot in Montreal this year. They signed him to an extension, but do you think there could be a situation where he ends up getting dealt? I brought this up with George earlier, and his counterpoint was, okay, sure, but... Which team is going to go and get Jake Allen? And at that point, I became kind of stumped. So I wonder if there's anybody that you might be looking at that could be in need of a little Jake Allen services.
2: Not really. Yeah. And I think the other part of it from the Montreal perspective is he's the perfect stopgap. He's your sort of few mm-hmm. years of uh, a warm body and net to hold you over from Carey Price to whoever the next person is going to be long-term. He's been good enough to keep the confidence of some of the other young players on the team to the point where you're not losing every game and it's so incredibly demoralizing. But he hasn't been too good to the point where the Canadians are playing themselves out of the draft lottery. And I know they're a long ways off from a team like Columbus. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the overall league standings, they're still kind of going to be in the same sort of mix. Um you know, maybe not in the one or two spot, but certainly in the five or six position Mm -hmm. to get a really quality player in the first round of the draft. So the Canadians are all about looking forward. I think the extension allows for the flexibility of the cost certainty of someone wanting to acquire him, but I don't think they're actually going to make an effort to try and move him. I think Mm -hmm. they'd much rather have him be that stopgap guy.
1: Frank Cervali NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Frank, uh, always a pleasure. All the best during the holidays, pal.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Happy holidays, and uh, can't wait to talk to you in
1: 2023. Sounds good. Uh, and Frank Cervali brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit southtrailchrysler.com. There you go, Maddie. No spot for Jake Allen.
3: That's too bad. He'll have to stay in Montreal and stop pucks for a bad team for the rest of his career.
1: Hmm. Too bad. Wa oh. um I want to get this in, too, before we get to the break. Uh, the Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast is back Thursday, February 2nd at the Winsport Events Center. We're on the hunt for our next two amateur hockey teams to join us on the ice and have their game broadcasted live on the Sportsnet 960 Airwaves. More info to come, but save the date and enter your team now at sportsnet.ca slash 960. The two winning teams will be chosen and contacted around December 30th. Is Should we, like, because we talked about this um, last week, it's okay to say that you and I are doing play-by-play, right? Is that okay? Uh, I believe that we yeah. are
3: doing play-by-play.
1: Yeah, but no, but Pat Steimer is doing the play-by-play. You I don't I know if that's color. true. What? <laughs> Listen, I ran into Pat Steinberg
3: recently and I don't what? know I don't know. I think that there's some things that still need to be sorted out in this.
4: I know I'm gonna be between the benches.
3: I think that when we had our meeting, we didn't really figure anything out because I took Wait, what we took to What the th- what? Listen, I don't I'm just saying chaos. Oh boy. <laughs> Absolute chaos. I think me and you are thought- call no, I think you and I are calling the game.
1: Are you serious? Yep. Oh man. Play by play's (laughs) tough boy. I already struggle enough doing a three hour show. Now I have to do play by
3: play? I don't know if it's if you're going to be judged for accuracy. I don't know if you really have to worry too much about it, but I understand your point. It's not like we're calling Flames Oilers here. Yeah, it's not like it's a
1: Battle of Alberta. <laughs> it's not like a it's filling in for Derek. Yeah,
4: We've we, <laughs> we scraped the bottom of the barrel. We have no one to fill in
3: for Derek. Yeah. You're up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're up, Russick.
3: <laughs> Get up there, kid. See you tomorrow, bright and early. Don't be late. I think yeah. they'd they'd take
4: the TV feed before that. Yeah, thanks, Producer That's Patrick, right all right, in the, right in
1: the teeth. <laughs> I thought Maddie and I are doing color. We're gonna have a lot of fun with that, but then we might have to actually call the game. It's, Jeez, we'll still have okay. a lot of fun. It's not gonna be that different. All right, fine. It'll be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun, though. Oh yeah, it's at night, George. Makes I gotta you be, even, remember be. Remember I gotta, that? I gotta be hanging out with those guys down on the benches.
3: That's gonna be sweet. I
1: kind of wish. Is gonna I, I
3: kind of wish I was doing ringside reporting with these.
1: Jabronis. see that's my jam getting together with the people that's what i should be doing well maybe we, we'll, then we, we, we'll... go do it no okay yeah but at then but then i don't have to be around people so i can just sit in the booth yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there you go lot,
3: like there's a lot of things to like a lot of different options here i think the all most right. important thing to remember is this is going to be a total s show <laughs> yeah. yes and that's the and most I think important that's want. part want. that's all we want really yeah. okay i don't know why we i'm want looking for the
1: bus ride from uh, the arena to uh, the Wild Rose Brewery. Is there a bus? I, I'm
3: looking forward to Wild Rose Brewery. Yeah, there's Brewery. a bus.
1: Ooh. Yeah, we, You know, walk from Windsport
3: to Wild Rose. Well, no, goodness. no, I'm saying we had to drive ourselves and then drive to Wild nope. Rose. Nope, drive ourselves, this guy.
1: Look like at the yeah, comedian be, in
3: the other room.
1: Yeah, We'll be in no shape to drive to Wild yeah, Rose we're Brewery. We'll we're be banged up. This is on a Thursday, yeah. too. We're going to do a show the next day. It's all right. It's the Hangover edition of the the big show, Russick and Rose, on mail Friday, February third. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Ma- uh, let's talk
3: to Russ Tucker in, I next. Do love a good mail it in Friday. Speaking um, of which, tomorrow's program.
1: Oh yeah, like especially the one last one before the the big holiday break. Oh, we're Oh yeah, just I'm gonna coast. Yeah, 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 but we got Flames tonight, so we can't really coast that much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it uh the one thing i want to ask ross tucker about is his power rankings for christmas cookies we'll do that next big show Russick and rose sportsnet 960 (laughs) the fan
0: you're listening to the big show with Russick and rose on the official home of your calgary flames sportsnet 960 the fan
1: final segment for your thursday The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up the show with some text messages. It's colder in Calgary than blank and your most underrated Christmas movie. But joining us on the line right now, Week 16 of the National Football League season kicks off in the Meadowlands tonight as the Jags and Jets will do battle to talk about that and the Week 16 slate. Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast, CBS Sports, Westwood One, even Money Betting podcast, does a lot of stuff on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Ross, good morning. How are you? Awesome. How are you guys doing? We're good. So I saw uh, we all follow you on Twitter at Ross Tucker. I saw you tweeted a pic of Christmas cookies this week. Give us your power rankings of the top three Christmas cookies.
0: Yeah, um, well, I always appreciate when you ask me these questions because I have established myself as the authority in the genre. You are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of uh, imitators out there, but if you want to know what the deal is with food in general, Press Box Food in particular, it's at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, You
1: practice what you preach. You absolutely do.
0: No question. Um I'm going to go number 1. Peanut butter cup blossoms. You know wow. what I'm talking about? I saw the so picture. So cookie Yeah. Yeah. And then the it's melted peanut butter cup in the center. Peanut butter cup in the middle of it. It's so yeah. good. It's like the um the outer cookie, like the dough with then the contrast with the softness of the peanut butter cup. It's amazing. I I think peanut butter cookies are superior to chocolate chips. so I'm gonna go number two peanut butter, number three chocolate chip four is probably snickerdoodle. Okay. Am I missing any? Sugar cookie Ross. Laugh, laugh, laugh. What? Sugar cookies are not that. That sounds good. blasphemous. I don't understand. Sugar cookies are low, 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 low. And then any type of fancy holiday-based sugar cookie where they put different artificial coloring or designs on of Santa or a snowman—I don't care. <laughs> I don't need that. Okay. I'm not here to be festive. I'm here to eat. Stay okay. away from all of that. You know that that might be aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetics right. are not what we talked about if you really know what you're doing with food. Uh, gingerbread, overrated or underrated? Properly rated. Properly rated. <laughs> it's not fantastic. <laughs> it's not bad. It's right. nice. Uh, it's a nice change-up in December. Yep. You know, I have a gingerbread cookie here and there. Here's the thing, though. It's not in the top five. So, like, really what it would be coming down to is am I going snickerdoodle or gingerbread in December? Because if I see peanut butter cup blossoms or Hershey Kiss blossoms or peanut butter cookie or chocolate chip, I'm not going for the gingerbread. So, uh, properly rated, I would say. Okay. Uh, I I love that we got
1: that out of the way. Um, The NFL postseason, um, potentially two teams – have their eyes on a playoff spot tonight in uh, at MetLife Stadium, Jags and Jets. What you've heard so far, Ross, how much is the weather going to wreak havoc on this matchup?
0: That's a good question, actually. I haven't really looked at the weather. So that's so funny that you say that because it's snowing here in central Pennsylvania. And I had no idea it was supposed to snow. So <clears throat> my like studio and exercise room is across the driveway in a detached garage so i wore my shorts and my flip-flops like i do every day then it snowed like four inches in an hour <laughs> and so to get back to the house and where the shovel was i had to go through the snow and flip-flops four inches of snow um i don't ever check the weather like hardly ever like when i look at the I find out the weather when I look outside and it's happening around me. So I definitely have not looked at the weather at MetLife. Well, so if you tell me what the weather is, I yeah. can tell you how much of an impact it might have. Uh,
1: it's going to be uh, rain starting in the afternoon and windy up to 15 miles an hour.
0: Well, first of all, freezing rain is uh, the worst weather that God ever created. And the worst weather to play football in. You know, snow is sort of aesthetically pleasing. And it doesn't make you that wet, if that makes sense. Whereas freezing rain, it like you're just soaked. And it is absolutely awful. I hate it. Um, and then the wind, that's a decent wind on top of it, too. We're going to see what Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are made of tonight. I love it.
3: Ross, what did you make of that uh, game you were calling last weekend as uh, the Colts uh, now part of not only the biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history, or Matt Ryan, pardon me, not the Colts, but Matt Ryan also involved in the biggest, blow, uh, biggest blown biggest blown lead in regular season history as well. What did you make of that contest as the Vikings came back to win the contest?
0: Yeah, you know what is interesting about it? Um, number one, everybody points out the Matt Ryan thing, and I, and I get it because he was in the Super Bowl. I like totally get it, right? But it really wasn't Matt Ryan's fault. I mean, it's not like Matt Ryan was out there chucking picks and playing terrible. Yeah. Um, what's wild about it is I said at halftime, all I kept talking about was, how impressive the Colts were and Jeff Saturday and he got these guys ready to play and he's out there earning the full-time job with this performance in a standalone game. It's like, it really is funny how much the conversation at the end of the game, I was like, yeah, he's not going to be the full-time Colts head coach. I mean, it went from <laughs> half-time me thinking he would be to after the game realizing he's not going to be. Uh, the, the, the wild part about that, two wild parts about it, right? Number one is, I would say, early fourth quarter, it felt inevitable. And I'm actually almost surprised that it had to go to overtime and the end of the game because it felt like almost inevitable at that point. Number one. Number two, they didn't even have everything go their way, guys. <laughs> like, if you're actually watching the game, right? Yeah, nice. yeah. The Vikings returned fumbles for touchdowns but the refs yeah. blew it dead. Chandon Sullivan, the same guy, twice. Refs blew it dead, <laughs> twice. And then Jefferson had to come out of the game. <clears throat> so Jalen Rager comes in. He stops his route, and Cousins throws a pick. I mean, like, if they got every break in the second half, they could have come back from down like 45 nothing.
3: It's been kind of crazy to watch, uh, and it wasn't even the craziest ending of the week. What about that ending between the Patriots and the Raiders? Have you ever seen... Well, you probably haven't seen anything like it. I don't think anybody's seen anything like it before, but um, what was going through your mind as you watched that play and Chandler Jones make the reception and then just truck stick Mac Jones into the end zone?
0: Oh, man, I had a lot of thought. Um, what's ironic <laughs> about it, is I had already tweeted earlier in the game when at Ross Tucker NFL, by the way, but when the Patriots lost a touchdown by Mac Jones because the receiver was moving, false start, they had a punt block. I just said, like, you watch them, guys, they're not a well-coached team. I know who their coach is. Like, I know it's Belichick. I know everybody says he's the greatest, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I get all that. They're not, they're, they are objectively when you watch them, not a very well coached team. And then, then that play happened. Like it was almost like I, I was ahead of the game because then that play happened. And even if you say, well, it's not like Belichick told him to do that. Well, guess what? He didn't tell him not to do it, evidently, cause they did it. And it was, um, I can't ever remember a game like that. I can't ever remember a game that they were tied. You know, they they didn't need to do that. I will say I give Jacoby Myers a ton of credit because after the game, he went and uh, he answered every question about it. And he said, it's my fault. Like, nobody else's fault. My fault. And I just really uh, appreciate that and respected that.
1: Ross, I, I want to, well now. I have to ask you this question. You played with Tom and the hoodie in New England. You were there front and center. You know all the, the 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 backdoor stuff, the inner workings of the franchise. I've had to take now that I used to be a Belichick guy in the Brady Belichick argument, but numbers don't lie, right? Without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is an under five hundred coach. Are which side of the argument are you on? And you were right there and you played for Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, I mean, Belichick's a fantastic coach. There is no question. But I think having played for five teams, I have a little bit of a different perspective than other people do, right? I am unbelievably impressed with any coach that has success at either multiple stops or with different quarterbacks. And Belichick just doesn't fit that category. I mean, this will be his 10th season, okay, without Tom Brady as his quarterback for the year, and he's won one playoff game. Brady won four playoff games his first year without Belichick. Right. It's a big difference. I mean, I don't think a coach can ever be as impactful as a franchise quarterback. Like, I love Andy Reid. But if you ask every team right now, for the next 10 years, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid, every team would say Mahomes. Same with Josh Allen and McDermott. That's why the whole debate, is it Belichick or Brady? It's like, give me a break. In any other scenario, we would take the quarterback over a 10-year period over the head coach easily. Easily. Like all of these situations. So not sure why that's like a big debate when it comes to Brady and Belichick. The same thing
3: wanted to ask you about Gardner Minshew as well. Do you feel like he's going to be able to lead the Eagles to a victory over the Cowboys and and maybe a betting perspective as well? If they can't beat him, do you think they can at least uh, cover that five-point spread?
0: I do like them to cover the spread. Yeah, I talked about that on the Even Money uh, betting podcast this week because they're going to play to win. And on some level, there's a couple of different things at play here. Like on some level... It is, I don't know if it's conscious or subconscious, but it feels like sometimes when a team has their backup quarterback out there that the other team doesn't play quite as well. You know what I mean? There's like, there's a little bit of a let-up factor. I think there's also a little bit of an unknown about how they'll actually use Minshew because, um, you know, he's not the runner that Hurts is, but he is a guy that, um, you know, is very competent, very good. And the Eagles are absolutely loaded around him. <clears throat> I would not be surprised. I really wouldn't if the Eagles won the game. I think he's going to go out there and play well. I mean, last year he played really well in the two games he started, including the game against the Jets. They won. I don't really expect any difference.
1: Ross, can the Packers keep it close enough in Miami and maybe even win that
0: game outright? Yes, they can. I I called their game Monday night. I feel like they're playing pretty darn well right now, like really well. And I think there's a decent chance that they come out and and beat the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins are reeling. Dolphins have lost three in a row. I do think they played pretty well up in Buffalo Saturday night. But I was impressed by the Packers. The Packers kind of know who they are now. O-line's playing a little bit better. You know, they're, they're feeding Dylan and Jones. They got their four receivers now, Dobbs and Watson, the rookies with Lazard and Randall Cobb. Defense played better. I I think the playoffs are still probably a long shot, but I'm pretty impressed with the pack. I think that's an awesome game. I think it's by far the best Christmas game.
1: Ross, before I let you go, uh, we always appreciate your time, and we're uh, right above the holidays. Anything you want to – You want to PIM for our listeners here. Uh, We know you're Westwood One, CBS Sports. You do a great job on the Ross Tucker Podcast, the Even Money Betting Podcast. Um, Anything else you guys want to let our listeners know about?
0: Well, so last time, since Christmas is on Sunday, you still have time, guys. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. It is by far the best gift you can give any loved one. And you're probably not going to get the story in time, but that almost makes it better, right? Like, go to MyFrontPageStory.com, order the story, print out the confirmation or whatever, put it in an envelope, and then you can tell your loved one, hey, I ordered a story. It's going to take a little bit of time because I want to make sure it's good. But I ordered a story that's all about you. They're going to be blown away. They're going to be so excited about it. And then when you actually give them the story, I don't know, a week later, two weeks later, it's like – you're giving them two gifts in one, and the anticipation would be amazing. I mean, that that is uh, that I, I almost like that better than giving it to them in Christmas, because it's like you get you get two times of giving it to them, giving them something, and you get the anticipation of them waiting for this story that's written all about them. Myfrontpagestory.com.
1: Ross, uh, always terrific stuff. All the best during the holidays, pal, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Awesome. See you guys. See you guys. Great stuff uh, from Ross Tucker. Um, are, do you rate sugar cookies higher than Ross Tucker does? Um, they're good. They have to be done proper though. Like if you just mail it in
3: with your sugar cookies, then I don't love it. But if they're done properly, I I can have one or two. The other thing is they're kind of they got that little chalky kind of texture, like a shortbread almost. Right. Um, and I don't get me wrong, I do love a little shortbread over the holidays, but uh, those are very good. I love um, Nanaimo bars. Okay, those can't yeah. be beat. love me a good Nanaimo bar. Mom makes just a delicious Nanaimo mm. bar. I'll tell you that for free right now. Uh, I love ginger snaps. Haley made a massive batch the better half, uh, maybe ten days ago. Still munching them. Still crushing those. No problem. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they'd be up there. I, I have a hard time with power rankings because, okay, you, you throw a couple with peanuts in there, I can't, I
1: can't buy it. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a DNQ. Um, we, we got a lot of great text to get to before we say goodbye. Um, asked you at the beginning of the show, Calgary in an incredible cold snap, record-setting cold snap right now. We asked you, <laughs> it's colder in Calgary right now than blank. Uh, there's some great text here. And 960, 960. It's colder in Calgary than Jack Campbell and Ned. Boom. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> got him. Uh, you know what? Um, is that solace that
3: if it's cold here, it's probably colder in Edmonton? It's true. It is. Yeah. Um,
1: Chris and Cochran, it's colder than my ex-wife's personality.
3: Oh. oh we got a couple of
1: ex-wives hearts as well. Uh, there's been a few of those. Um, yep. That's very merry. Uh, the one you're referring to, colder in Calgary than my ex-wife's heart. That's courtesy of John. By the way, it was oh. my third ex. Also, <laughs> Please, John.
3: also got it from Todd. Jeez, figure um, out, there was a few of them. Yeah, Chris and Cochran. There was a few. <laughs> uh,
1: guy <laughs> in Calgary. One. It's colder in Calgary than Giselle's face at divorce hearing with Tom Brady. Oh, that's too bad. About that, I um, guess. Hmm. It's colder in Calgary than the cold shoulder Messi gave Salt Bay. Those oh. videos
3: are incredible. Oh, I But
1: think... he ended up getting the photo with him anyway.
4: I know, but, but you look at Messi, he does not look happy to be with it. That like, who the hell is that this guy's guy? guy's such a clown. Oh, he, And then he touches the trophy while, uh, I think it was Leandro Martinez's kid is touching it. It's like, go away.
1: And I love how yeah. he was... I had uh, was... no idea who Salt Bay was till that story. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, he no had a, a crappy meme, like, what? His, Three years his, ago, four his years restaurant ago? is ranked like fourteen thousandth
4: like five hundredth in London <laughs> on TripAdvisor. Guy sucks.
3: Fourteen thousand There's wow, like four I, and it's like there's like two hundred
1: worse than him. So he's like right <laughs> at the bottom. Hey, <laughs> producer Patrick Jamal, do we need to set aside time for tomorrow's show to you to rip on Salt <laughs> Bay? you're very passionate about i
4: this. think i know i think what's what's been said about salt bay on social media through this last week is is
1: good enough yeah like, that guy he's been <laughs> he's oh. a plug he is big plug yeah wow patty dumas has been really sour today and i like it ho 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 it's the like, holiday th- spirit. like the soulless faces on the polar express
3: <laughs> that was maybe the funniest comment of the yeah. entire program
1: <laughs> what, very about sour. Their, what
3: about their soulless faces
1: yeah very sour <laughs> Um, it's colder in Calgary today than Brett Favre stealing charitable money oh, for those in need. Oh, that's courtesy yeah, of Jordan. That's very timely. <laughs> Noted good guy, Brett oh, Favre. rat. Yeah. What a speaking of applause. Um, it's colder than George's heart right now. Why is my heart so cold? Yeah, that's not very nice. I think he's been trying to spread love.
3: I think you've been pretty holiday spirit and full of cheer. Hey, can we booze tomorrow? Is that allowed? Can we do that?
1: no i don't th- well <laughs> like maddie you also have to consider that it is like six to nine in the morning too yeah eh, that means little to me makes it easier to go to sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you if you guys want to mix in a bailey's and coffee i won't tell the boss listen time is
3: a fake construct anyways George. i think we're gonna have even, nog it doesn't even exist so we're gonna have Yeah, nog. garrett's here so we obviously gotta have like a whole bottle of nog
1: yes Garrett loves them Garrett's the one if you missed it uh, Last week said yeah we need to have Eggnog uh, all year round (laughs) Which is a take I don't think a lot of people share but Garrett Loves himself I was raised on the dairy (laughs) That's our man Garrett Reindeer milk
4: Gross (laughs) you haven't heard that one I hate that That's so much worse than Eggnog It's it's been called reindeer milk yeah I've, I've heard it called that before
3: all right, so that we, is that so is so much worse. For yeah. tomorrow, we need Baileys, Kahlua, rum, yeah. and
1: eggnog. You guys do what you got to do in the studio. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to squeal like a pig. I'm not going <laughs> to sing like a canary. I would do really well in jail. I can hold secrets. Uh, Sure. All right, on that note. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> see um, ya. And somebody talked about a penguin's specific body part. Yeah, yeah, yeah colder than that um hmm i like pecker is not a bad word to say <laughs> it really is it,
3: no it's there's worse words it's
1: yeah another word i actually B. prefer the word pecker all right oh, not,
0: not, not. Not, not, not. <laughs> all right we gotta go
1: geez <laughs> i gotta go take some cold meds because i'm never gonna get healthy again all right we'll talk to you tomorrow bye bye